Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to the 131st Church Mag Podcast. I think we need to do a little thing different here. We got to be interviewed, but you have not done your own interview yet. So I think instead, welcome to the Church Mag Podcast. This week, it's going to be me and Eric. And Eric, I think it's time for you to get interviewed for the podcast. This week's podcast is brought to you by Church Mag Press. Church Mag Press has all kinds of awesome resources, ebooks, stock photos, and more. Check it out, churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. And while you're there, be sure to download the free whychristmas.com nativity pack, as well as the free carols by candlelight service booklet. This week on the podcast, we hear from me. Yes, that's right. Jeremy takes matters into his own hands and finally gets me to answer a few questions about myself. If you'd like to join the conversation or ask me a question, use the Cash hashtag, email us directly at podcast at churchmag, or submit your own question by visiting churchmag forward slash riddle me this, and we'll answer your question on an upcoming episode. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Uh, 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 Eric, 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 yeah. Eric, hold on, hold on. Yeah, sure. So I think we need to do a little thing different here. We got to be interviewed, but you have not done your own interview yet. So I think instead, welcome to the Church Mag Podcast. This week, it's going to be me and Eric. And Eric, I think it's time for you to get interviewed for the podcast. Man, I tell you what, Phil doesn't, Phil wasn't able to make it today and you're going to just hijack this whole thing all by yourself. Absolutely. Let's do this. All is fair. All I would ask is that, that Phil then doesn't try to do this on me as well, because then that means I will have been interviewed twice and that just seems very awkward. I can't count for Phil's actions. So whatever he does, he does. <laughs> Microsoft Sam. As long as he doesn't come back, we'll be all right. So, we got a little announcement from you that you are moving to the States, but I think it's interesting that we don't know, the at least as far as the public's concerned, we don't know the full story. So, you are actually a missionary over in Italy right now. Why was it that you decided to go to Italy? My wife's father is Italian, and uh, her folks have been in Italy for, uh, been, been doing missions here for about 20, 25 years. And part of that time, and, uh, my wife grew up here as well. And we decided that we would come to Italy, uh, be, be a light in a dark place and live our life. Um, yeah, we call it missionary because, that's that's a terminology that's kind of a, a catch word you know it's kind of a buzz a buzzword it has a lot of a lot of baggage attached to it but it also easily says what we're doing you know we, we are purposefully mindfully living in a place that um, under less than two percent of the population is evangelical Christian even as far as um, practicing Catholics you're looking at a very low percentage there are actually more um, there are more uh, Wiccan priests, witches, whatever, whatever you want to call them, here in Italy than there are actual Catholic priests. So to put putting that spin on it, and and seeing, you know, even Europe as a whole, how how kind of a cold spiritually it has become. Um, in fact, Italy's known as being the the. Um, the missionary graveyard. Most people don't even make it for a second term, so it's not an easy place. And you know, good luck, good luck doing fundraising on a place like Italy. Good luck anywhere in Europe if you want to do missions and you want to reach those in need. Europe is a very difficult place because what pictures are you going to show? 
right? You're going to you're going to be showing what looks to be, you know, a European vacation, you know, places like Africa and places that 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 tend to have more poverty and whatnot. It's 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 a lot easier sell in that regard. And and because of that and understanding that we had the the intention of of uh, kind of paving our own way, earning our own way, etc. And while we showed up here without really any solid plan, one thing led to another, and the Lord really worked things out. And today, you know, after after doing work online, we now have Church Mag and, and everything else. So, you know, we, we came to Italy, and I think most, most anyone who's tried to do any missions or outreach can testify, when you go someplace... You, your, your mind, your, your heart, your mind, your eyes are full of all the changes that you will bring to that place. When actuality, you know, when you leave that place, um, the biggest changes are that which go on inside of you in your own life. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, you're kind of. I know that one of the things that John Saddington would own in this process, whenever he had church magic, was this idea of a digital nomad. And to be able just to go around and to make your tents and to to continue with that evangelism, but at the same time you're you're much more digital. You're much more able to move around. So for you, that was something that you actually lived out even before you were starting with church man. No, not at all. No, not at all. Um, before before that, before we came here, I had I had a great job, and uh, when we felt it was time for us to to you know to come here i i resigned and we came here and there were there was no job or anything lined up we we had our house we had our, our house situation figured out and i figured i could just get any job um or had the faith for that and that's what ended up happening i did get just any job i just thought it would be here in italy um, but considering the the economic situation here and the the very high unemployment rate that that didn't work out and so I began to pursue other things which was online and so it's funny a lot of times when people look in hindsight or when they look at somebody's life and they say wow you know how did you get to that place and it's never what you would think right I never intended to be that kind of digital nomad in that sense that was never that was never my intention I never sought out to do that it it just happened so what was your job before them because I know that we've talked a little bit about this and you've hinted at it but you want to share a little bit about that well um, my job before for about um, six or seven years I was the producer for the radio program J Secular Live the talk show for the American Center for Law and Justice it's a big syndicated radio program on over 900 uh, radio stations across the U.S. So I did that, and before that, I worked at um, some uh, radio production company, and before that, a small radio station that I worked at while I was in college. So the podcast actually yeah. fits very easily into your set of skills. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, actually does. Yes, so while I've been in, while I've been in, uh, while I've been working in media for almost 25 years now, Audio has been a real a real centerpiece in that because I started off in radio, not as an announcer, but more production. I've been doing doing some sort of radio production for many many years. So, so you know, when I started working on the podcast, it was they not only did feel natural in the editing sense, but it feels really nice because it's it's a good fit. It's fun. I don't have to think about it a whole lot. I just you know, yeah, I really enjoy it. So, funny thing, even even uh, back. 
you know, I'm not going to say how many years because it just dates me. Let's just say Netscape was something to brag about. It was before Internet Explorer, I actually started working on websites. So I've actually been doing that a lot as well. It seemed like every place I went, they're like, hey, can somebody do the website? Because it wasn't a priority as much back then. And then I would get elected. So um, even at one time I did the ACLJ's, even at one time I did the ACLJ's website um, before it became a higher priority there as well. And so I've been kind of doing radio and web stuff. But the radio, the audio, that's what really... Um, paid the bills in that sense so yeah it's the, the podcast has been a, a real fun creative outlet for me because i i really like audio editing i know that you've shared on the podcast or on the website before a lot of different times where church mag was this thing that you kind of stumbled upon you you were a fan first as well and then you said you wanted to blog and after a little bit, you were given the reins to do the editing in the process, and then you ended up actually buying Church Mag. Uh, in this process, you have been the editor and the owner, and and changed a couple different times in that in that process. What do you feel like has been the biggest experience, maybe the biggest moment for you in this whole process? If you had to whittle eight years of your life down into one thing probably the biggest moment was december 2000 i don't remember it was my the first the first one or two blog posts ever published on the 8-bit network and i got a paypal receipt thing for like 12 bucks and getting paid to write a blog post was amazing Mm -hmm. and that that was a pretty huge that was a pretty huge moment i think because it was it, it felt felt really good first of all uh, and you know, to not only be read and to ha- actually have a reach, because anyone that has a personal blog that gets a little bit of traffic, there, there's sometimes you just feel like you're talking to the wall because you kind of are. Um, but to the, be able to tap into an actual audience and and then get get re get um, uh, have your time and your talent recognized was pre- was pretty awesome. And then uh, the month after that, I remember we were like, hey, you know, maybe I should try to. Um, write more like what if i got one published every day wouldn't that be amazing <laughs> i remember doing that and back then uh the a bit network what was it like five or six blogs that had three or four posts every day so like they needed a lot of content and i remember every moment that i got a login to a new property like i remember um the last one the last login i got was for uh church cms and i remember being excited i finally got the last one i had like collected them all you know and uh so that was pretty cool to have like oh i have logins to all of them i mean now we have one login you know it's not nearly as dramatic but uh yeah those were those were pretty uh, amazing times there in the in the very beginning for sure I've got this relationship with you as you being the editor and you forming this process. What was it like for you stepping into that role? What was one thing that maybe you learned from the 8-bit team before they all um, disbanded and went their ways? Well, I I learned a lot from the 8-bit team as far as how to be an editor, you know, what to do, etc. John had a very open-handed approach. Or if it wasn't really open-handed, it was more like push you into the deep end of the pool and see if you can swim. And that's that's what happened. You know, I kind of make it up as I go along. But in in that process, I learned a lot, even from watching those guys and being able to hang out in their back channels. I remember when, when that kind of transitioned and changed, um, I remember my wife, who, who has 
a lot of influence in all these different things as well. She she felt she was like, you know, you need to do that same thing for Church Mag. You need to have a back channel, Eric. I see how much you enjoyed it. I see how much you missed it. You need to do that same exact same thing. So that's what we did. And you know, the, the rest is history as far as as far as the, that back channel stuff goes. I, I've I've had several one on one conversations with guys like guys with Chris Ames. You know, just, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, uh, you know, just giving me feedback and thoughts and ideas. I, I'm working with, I'm still, <laughs> funny thing, I'm working on a project uh, with, with Pressware that's going to be helping bloggers and stuff. We're working, we're getting ready to uh, launch something like that soon. Um, so I'm actually still working with some of the guys like Tom, uh, which is, which is pretty cool. Those relationships that were forged early on, you know, are still ongoing. Probably ultimately the bottom line, the biggest thing that I can think of off the top of my head that collectively they really taught me was it needs to be fun. You know, that's, that was one thing that it was birthed out of the 8-bit network and all that. There was a, there was an element of fun. And, um, I think that that is something even recently, I think we've lost a little bit. And I know, um, you've been kind of pushing me on that a little bit, you know, like, Hey, Eric, don't forget the fun. You know, we, we, we have fun on church Meg, and we do, you know, it's not just like for show, we really do have a good time, but, but just to be sharing that more in some of our blog posts and content, you know, to make sure that you have room for that fun. Because, you know, we should have fun. So now for the less softball kind of questions. I, I think some of the questions I've always been interested in as far as Church Mag is um, you finding people to blog is easy because everybody wants to share something or get a little bit of that. Ooh, people are reading my stuff. That's really great. Oh, you have this platform where more people can read it. Oh, you're going to pay me. That's great. But then you transform things a little bit into the staff writers where there's these people that have a much more proficient attitude or have more of an entrepreneurial spirit or whatever it is that's, they're not just a typical blogger that's writing, that's trying to navigate that blogging process. Like the, the initial, the initial stages. I remember going through that process of who am I as a blogger and what does that look like? But for someone to blog for five years and say, you know what? I want to make a commitment for a year to church mag, which is one of the big things as far as signing up for the staff writers. What's that like to interact with a little bit more of a, a type or um, I know from my own mentality, I have this whole pushback process that can be very frustrating. I know it's frustrating for me because it's like, you know what, this is not my entity, but at the same time when I want to support and then you got someone like Phil, who's just full of amazing, amazing quotes and then trying to navigate that. And then school starts up. And you, it's almost like an ebb and flow fluctuation and you get all of them at one point and then a little bit of them at another time. What's that like to manage that as a as an owner, but then also as an editor and and everything that's going on behind the scenes that hasn't even come out with Church Mac? Yeah, it's, it's, it can be a lot to juggle. A lot of it is kind of filling in the gaps. You know, because there's a lot of ebb and flow as far as the amount of content generated. You know, like you said about Phil, summertime is a big idea time because he's not as busy. I mean, he is as busy, but it's a different kind of busy for him. And so he tends to have more of his ideas show up around the summertime. And it does ebb and flow, just like the actual traffic 
ebbs and flows. I mean, I even noticed that when I do the snack packs, like I'm looking through trying to find links worth sharing. And some weeks it's like pulling teeth because no one's generating anything worth sharing. And and so I think that's just part of it. And you learn that early on the ebb and flow. Um, one thing that that I've done, I did started a long time ago was working a week ahead. You know, so um, you're not doing the blogs for the day of that they go out so that you have a little bit of buffer. I know that 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 tends to help kind of that that ebb and flow to have a buffer. I mean, if it works for YouTube, works for blogging, apparently having that buffer really does help for to to smooth out those those ebbs and flows. As, As far as the staff writer thing goes, probably one of the biggest catalysts that I found with the staff writer thing and now we have senior staff writers was I just felt that that some of some of you guys church mag I mean fundamentally it's a network it's not a one man show and so it really needs to have multiple people in the mix because no one or two people are going to bring so much knowledge and experience to the table like you know church tech creativity communication etc to to really worth following all the time you really need to be pulling from from different people perspectives strengths weaknesses etc and so for those that have invested so much guys like you and Phil and Chris and Rachel who have many posts on church mag to begin with because you've written a lot but for the many years that you've been writing as well clearly you had invested and it seemed like it was at least one thing that we could do to not only significant uh to to show significance in the investment that you had made but uh you know also being able to hand stuff off because it isn't really just mine right it it is i can't say that because it's not um and so being able to hand stuff off like the newsletter to chris and stuff like that while um can be difficult for somebody who likes to keep control of things like i i tend to um in the end it's better it's it's better for the readers it's better for the followers it's better for uh it's better for me and it's better for you guys too because you get to not only have investment in church mag based on the number of posts attributed to your name but also the investment of your own ideas right so that so so that you know if, if you have an idea to do something like you usually do jeremy to be able to have a system in place that you know that you can go to you can step up to a platform and that you're going to have support from others that you're going to have a platform it creates a recipe for success it creates it creates some synergy that i think is uh, a, a really neat thing and something that um I would never trade for a one-man show. I think there's three different audiences, at least as far as this interview, that you can speak into. The first one is for all the bloggers out there, whether they're new, veteran, but burnt out, or still trying to find themselves. What would, what would be one thing that you would generally say to all bloggers having done this for more years than my children have been alive? If you enjoy blogging, doing all the bloggy blog things, you have a personal blog, that's been rebooted like nine times. Uh, just, just keep doing that. Keep writing there. Make let it be your kind of like shoebox of miscellaneous. But if there is, if there's a niche that you really, really enjoy, that you're passionate about, that you that you know a lot about, don't hesitate to look out and see who dominates that place out in the world in the marketplace and and see about guest writing. You know, there there are places out there. 
you know and and you know if if it's called mashable or tech tech crunch you know why not right maybe it's something that would work on huffington or something that would work on um the gospel coalition or or someplace like that or relevant you know why not submit a post to relevant magazine because ultimately ultimately i think it's easy to get caught up in the wow you know if you if you blog you can make six figures that can't be for everybody it's like economically not possible right so if you love to write and you love to blog then do that but don't get hung up on i need to have my platform and i always think it's interesting when i talk to people about writing blog articles it's easier than you're making it out to be i, I always feel like this mentality from bloggers that it's really tough like how in the world do you get this and i'm like just do it just figure something out and they're like i don't know what to do what do i do in this process and then i know i've done this with you a couple of times in the early steps that where you just kind of talk to someone you flush it out a little bit and then all of a sudden now you have like three blog articles and you don't have enough time to write the three blog articles so just take the time and go for it and you got it and that's where a community blogging and community blogging in the sense of at least how how we've constructed it where we have a back channel i mean we have every day we're communicating with each other yeah. And that's a powerful thing. I remember Chris, uh, was it last week? Chris was like, man, I just feel like I don't have anything to write about. I feel like maybe I'm burning out. And I'm like, dude, okay, two things. First of all, I haven't seen you write a blog post under a thousand words in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that might be your first clue. <laughs> and second of all, I don't recollect one single time that you've written about anything fun. Right? So why don't you try that? And then before he knew it, like he submitted three blog posts it was amazing it was amazing you know just 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 yeah give give yourself some freedom man. it's just blogging people right it's digital if you're not having fun please stop if you were to go to people that were thinking about wanting to start up with church mag or if you could sit down in front of all the different writers that have or are currently writing for church mag um what would you say to them different from the from just the blogging aspect we've addressed the blogging aspect but what would you say to the church mag bloggers you you know more than you realize and you have more to offer and share with people than you realize you have far greater potential than you give yourself credit for is that something that you're hoping to do is to to get to that point where we can meet in person if possible i know that we're still international so some for some people that's not possible i can't wait i can't wait we, we almost almost every week it seems like <laughs> uh ann says to me oh you guys really have to do a meetup sometime like i guess you know the thought of maybe doing a, a podcast face to face i mean just all of that just our ridiculous i mean just us the way we've been doing these these podcasts week after week the ridiculousness that we have to be able to doing it doing it in person would be would be pretty epic i haven't even got to talk to ann but i feel like we're already best friends what was that comment she made off air a couple i think it was like three or four weeks ago that she said that you and i are oh, taking yeah, our relationship to the next level yeah i remember she said that i remember what what, what was it about I remember though? she said that i remember what it was very trivial I it might have been gamer related <laughs> yeah i think so so to the last audience, our readers, if you got, if you had the ability just to speak into their lives, not that you don't because you have the blog itself, but what would you, what would you say to the readers as far as church mag, both within what has been the source of everything with the blog, but everything else going on, the podcast and the 
church mag press and all those things what would you want just one quick thing to say to them i really want to help you do what you do to do it better to do it easier and while we ask for your email address i don't really want your email address and while we do have uh some products out there on church mag press and stuff don't really want your money what we want is your heart we want your 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 love for the community for church texts so that you realize that you're not alone and that there's a lot of us right and that we're just one big cool group whether you're writing regularly every once in a while reading whatever it may be that we're here we're cool with you we want to help you and these other things that we do like our sponsored posts here and there and our sidebar ads that really that's just about sustainability because hosting takes money time you know time is money etc but ultimately and fundamentally that's not what we're about we're about trying to help you the best we can and um yeah, and we don't want to ever disappear. Well, I mean, we I feel like in some regards, we 100% subscribe to the Michael Hyatt model of we do this not because we want to get the money, but because we want to do what we are already doing that much better. Um, and at the same time, we go the anti-Michael Hyatt route in the sense that we just don't even think about the money sometimes, which may be to our detriment. But at the same time, it, it really is that process where we just don't think about the revenue streams and then then we realize what we have on our plates and it's just like if we do this it's going to explode i mean the idea of doing a podcast was something that was almost a late game for us because we do the early adoption stuff that's something i love to do is the early adoption stuff and so we it almost just fell into our laps because we waited long enough that we probably could have should have done it much earlier and so we just have this audience that we want to engage in however we can with that yeah. process yeah and um and the fact that the podcast ended up being a lot more fun than I think we originally thought it was. I mean, well, I figured it would be probably be pretty fun, but I mean, it's 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 gone pretty ridiculous. I'm just saying. <laughs> Speaking of fun, what is it that's the biggest thing that you love to do nerd wise outside of anything church mag related? Oh, definitely, definitely game. Yep, PC Nation. Yep. Although I, I have I have a I have an appreciation for console gaming and all gaming, um, I'm not stuck up or anything like that. I just think that the PC gaming is better for me overall. But uh, yeah, what's the what's the PC gaming that you're into right now? Uh, right now, I'm replaying Fallout Three in preparation for getting Fallout Four. I'm waiting for they just released the last DLC on the season pass, but I'm waiting for it to go on Game of the Year edition. Maybe pick it up on a sale because I, as much as I love Fallout, there's no way I'm dropping ninety bucks <laughs> on a full game. There's just no way. I would really, I would really like to get it like under forty. If I could get it under forty, that would be amazing. That would be epic. I'm, yeah. I'm a huge Steam fan. <laughs> and then the final question. If you could be one video game player, a video game character, which character would you pick and why? Dude, this, this is, uh, there's so many, Jeremy. Gotta pick one. I mean, ultimately, I like the characters that you can create, right? Not only like visually, but you can you can shape their character as you know as you allot points and stuff. That's that's my favorite favorite. But as far as character esque, my favorite. Um, let me think here. 
because I got to think like way back. I have to think like way back old 8-bit and then all the way to modern. Probably Link. Link's pretty awesome. It's kind of, cla- you know, classic. It's classic because he's cool. He's got a sword and stuff. That's pretty neat. Although Mega Man, I always kind of like Mega Man because he could, you know, when you defeat something, then you gain that power. You gain the power from it, you know? Very life lesson. Like if you conquer it, then you have it, right? So I like that too. Metroid, I really like that too. Okay, now you're just picking them all. This is not Pokemon. You do not get them all. I know, right? See, this is what. Oh, oh, oh. I got it. I got it. I got it. Probably my favorite character of all the video games, of like just the character, not one that you can create, right? <laughs> of a character would have to probably be Gordon Freeman. Gordon Freeman? Gordon Freeman. What's Gordon Freeman? What do you mean, what's Gordon Freeman? Who? Jeremy, 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 Jeremy. He's, he's, he's the, he's who you play as, play as in the Half-Life series. I'll be honest. I've never played Half-Life. Well, you don't like if, you don't like first person shooters, so. I'm not as much of a fan of those. Yes. Well, I will say with the Half-Life series, it's, it's about rhythm. Half-Life 2 having the best rhythm of like fight, shoot, and then puzzle, and then creep, explore, fight like kind of like a rhythm of that and so it it's it it was good with that I just he's a pretty cool character he's just a scientist he just shows up to work one day right and then everything goes haywire and then before you know it you're saving the whole world in glasses okay and you get a cool suit i mean it's got all the earmarks he wears glasses right you know he's a, he's a scientist working in the underground science lab thingy and he gets to wear a suit I mean, so is this official Half-Life 3 confirmed? You know, if they could just at least do a movie. If they did Half-Life the movie and then that was half that was then Half-Life 3 or if they they named the movie Half-Life 3 even though there's not a 1 and a 2 movie just to wrap the stupid thing up, but they just left it totally out there. You know that people won't leave money on the table. They'll come back you to it. You would think, but Valve as they are, you know, they don't, I don't think they definitely need, I don't know what they need the revenue. I don't know what they're going to do. They, there were rumors for a long time that they were going to launch Half-Life 3 using VR because historically, historically meaning only Half-Life 2, uh, they were kind of revolutionary in their, in their, uh, game model, the gravity engine or whatever the heck it was. Um, it's far less impressive now that they would then kind of break ground with a new technology, but I, I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't know speculation all right man i'm going to release you from this interview i will let you do the wrap-up for your own credits send us an email subscribe and search for previous episodes of the church mag podcast by visiting church mag you'll find a link on the main menu go to churchm.ag that's church mag churchm.ag and while you're hanging out on church mag send us a message and subscribe to the church mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the show every friday until next week. Man. You know what's bad about this, Jeremy, is that I'm going to have to listen to this again and edit it. Oh, come now. Bill's the one that's supposed to hate his voice. You'd be lucky if there's five minutes left. I'm just saying. <clears throat> you know you know how you go in a job interview, and then when you leave, and then days later, you think, oh, I should have answered that question like so. Yeah. That's going to be this. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com.